welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I am joined by listener of The Divorce Social, Louise. Welcome to The Divorce Social. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You are our first listener interview. How does that feel? Wow. That's impressive. I thought I'd maybe be the 15th or the kind of let's let's record her and see if she's any good and then we can edit her out. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So how does it feel me saying welcome to The Divorce Social? It feels fine now and it feels I accept it and it's part of me um, and I'm okay with it. Uh, If you'd asked me two years ago, I probably would have burst into tears. Um, So that's, yeah, it's a weird one. It's uh, it's weird how you process it and adjust to it. And, you know, here I am now kind of, yeah, I'm divorced. and, And actually to be able to say I am divorced is better than what I've had for a few years in that it's been, oh, I'm nearly divorced or my soon-to-be ex-husband and it, it it's a lot more straightforward now. Not good or bad, just kind of acceptance really for me. That's how it feels. That's a big journey though. Two years ago, you'd have burst into tears and now you're like, yeah, here I am. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I think even just um, years ago before I ever kind of went on this journey, I, you know, divorce wasn't in my family. It wasn't, you know, nobody in the family's divorced. My ex came from a family where his parents had split up. So he was kind of, it was more normal in his family. Whereas in my family, it, you know, it just never happened. I don't think I had any relatives that had gone through it. So at the start, when our relationship broke down, I was adamant for quite a long time. I'm I'm not getting a divorce. I'm not going to be a statistic. That's not for me, you know. And then gradually when, you know, you start to process it and accept it and, you you know, it, it's it's all step by step, isn't it? You, you know, where you are now to where you were, 
is just it's, it is a journey and like you said, I know your introduction always says it's amazing and awful in equal measures and that's how it is really yeah I mean it is awful and amazing in equal measure isn't it um <laughs> yeah definitely so that crying that you said two years ago that you would have done yeah did that happen to you did people ask you if you were divorced or was it kind of something that you were holding inside and you said you felt like you didn't want to be a statistic did it feel like a dirty secret yeah it it felt kind of like oh you know this 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 sort of I've been in this marriage it's worked for years and I've loved it he's had an affair and and almost like I didn't want my story to be he had an affair, I couldn't accept it, and that was it, we got a divorce. It it felt far more complex than that to me. And I wanted to, initially it was, I'm not getting a divorce, this is going to work, I'm going to forgive him, we're going to build a, a even better marriage, and, you know, it's going to kind of be the making of us. So, yeah, that, that and, and I think because I couldn't say the word divorce and I wasn't kind of going down that track, I, I, I used to kind of even... Like at the start, I used to say, oh, we're just not together at the minute. Then I, then it was kind of, oh, we're separated at the moment. And it was like gradual. But yeah, I did. I mean, emotions wise, they were just pouring out of me all the time. You know, I, I'm not somebody that I can't keep it all in. And I really struggled to keep it in. And I also had this, this kind of need to explain it to people as well. I think because we'd been together for 25 years, we met at university you know, it was just me and him and our son and, and that was how it had always been. And so many people, when I started, you know, when I kind of announced that we were separated, was were so shocked. You know, they said out of all the, the people they knew, all the couples they knew, they thought we were, you know, we were good forever and ever. And so did I. So I think, um, yeah, I think that was part of it. It was almost like, because my ex didn't he kind of went underground you know didn't sort of hid away in fact it was me that rang his best friend and told him because I was like it was like everybody needs to know they've got to know what we're dealing with and whereas he was I think he was just you know I suppose because at the start he was at fault it was like oh well I'll you know put my head in the sand I'll go into hiding and I won't tell anybody whereas I was I mean I think you know, I've I've not announced it on social media, but if if I was that kind of person, I probably would have put a, you know, a statement out about you know uncoupling, like uh, you know the guy from Coldplay did. But that that's just the way I am. I kind of process it by, I suppose, speaking out about it and then talking about it to other people. And yeah, so I can relate to that. I um told all the people close to me and then I did put a thing on Facebook just to like my close friends because I was like I can't deal with this conversation every time. Yeah. of people being shocked and what 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 effect do you think that had on you when people said oh out of all the couples I thought you two would be good forever. Um I think it was just devastating because it because it was kind of like it sort of um, validated what I felt you know that that's that's what I thought as well that I I kind of I just couldn't believe it and I think that with our so what without going into all the details so he he was a nurse and he had an affair with a colleague and it had gone on for a year and for that year we were together and I knew there was something I knew you know that the relationship was 
really strange and it was like living with he looked the same but he he acted differently and it was like he was a cardboard cut out of himself so for this whole year I was like I don't know what's going on and at the start of what I now know was the affair um I had really strong suspicions but again because we've been married for so long you know I thought I can't go around accusing him of this and because he you know he hadn't been in a marriage like that where he'd, he'd been unfaithful and I'd kept letting him come back. It was kind of a, this was like the one big devastating event and, and everything changed. So it was, it is, it is like with divorce for me as well. It is that kind of life before divorce and life after there's definitely two different roads. You know, the, the life I live now is unrecognizable and that's not in a bad way. I'm okay now, but, but it is like, it's like that was my old life and this is my new life now. It's funny you say about the you know feelings of oh I can't go around accusing them and 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 I've definitely you know I've been cheated on in the past and and those feelings of if you have suspicion but then you're second guessing yourself um, even before you might share them with anyone or your partner I think that had a really big effect on me because I felt like I couldn't trust my own judgment yeah that's so true because of my, yeah, I'm a social worker, that's my background, and I work in the NHS in mental health. So I do a lot of reading as well. And because of this, I've done a lot of reading about trauma and the grief process and everything. And and that, you know, that term gaslighting, I, I wouldn't say he did that to me to any great degree. But what he did do at the start was when I was kind of thinking there's something wrong, you know, he's, he's, done something he's done something or something's different and I did actually say are you having an affair I feel like you're having an affair and I can remember at one point coming home from work and saying um and it makes me feel shivery now I kind of said I feel like I'm um feel like I'm going mad and he said you know why and I said because I feel I'm convinced you're having an affair I feel like you're having an affair and now I know that I was right you know that and that's one thing that I've, I've kind of that real you really learn to trust your gut and and I think it is about and when you're on your own as well after a split, that whole thing about learning to, about who you are, about yourself, about I can trust myself. And that while that was like heartbreaking to think that a year before I knew and suspected and then I had to live through another year of lies. But it's that there's also that sense of, yeah, I can. I was right. I can trust myself, you know, but with that, with that came a lot of anger as well a lot of kind of feeling that he, you know like I remember the first, I remember the night he told me we'd, we'd been away on holiday and we came back and I'd been out for the day and I came back and he was in the lounge and he was upset and his dad was ill at the time um, I know your dad died didn't he kind of well his dad was dying so I came in the house and I instantly thought oh his dad's gone you know his dad's died so I went over to comfort him and he pushed me away and he said, no, it's um, I've not been honest to you. And he just told me, he just said, I've, I've been having an affair. It's been going on for a year. Well, I was just, you know, kind of went into blind panic. But one of the first things I said to him was, um, you know, I said, I knew I did not. I knew and you lied to me. And, and it was almost like at that point in time, everything fell into place. So as horrendous as it was everything that had been happening all made sense you know kind of in that one moment it was like yeah I'm right I knew it you know that it, it's weird and I think but then because of that because that feeling of oh now I know what it is and I can trust myself 
I then went into overdrive and like, right now I can fix it. Now I know what it is. I can fix us. I can sort it. I can. So, and that wasn't the way it ended. And so going to that place, which, I mean, I can't imagine what it must have been like when he told you. After that moment, when you were in, I can fix it. Did divorce ever come up for you or was that a thing that you just immediately pushed away? Yeah, it was, it was, that was not on the cards. That was like, like I said, that's, I think where that thinking came in of, no, I'm not getting a divorce. I don't want my son to be from, you know, um, a a marriage that's broken. It was lit. It was weird. It's, it's weird how you kind of, when I look back now, how controlling I was I think and I couldn't it took me several months to let go of that I definitely kind of for months and months lived in this kind of period of like I'm going to control it I'm going to make him you know and and I think as well because I was willing to forgive him and I wanted him to come back and I assumed that he would be like yeah that's you know I want that too and that's another learning curve that you kind of when you grow up and learn it's like actually the only thing I can control in this is me and what I do and my reactions. I can't control, you know, what he does. I can't make him come back. I can't make him, you know, I can't. I mean, he says he, you know, he said he always loved me, but it, it changes things, doesn't it? I suppose when you've had a child together, there is something there. But he, and the weird thing is that I'm really verbal and open and talk, whereas, like I said, he shut down. And an awful lot of it was guesswork. It was like me trying to guess, well, what what does he want? And I mean, I I, I use the term that he was pathologically passive. That I uh, I heard that on a program one day, and I thought, yeah, that's him, that's him. But I suppose <laughs> that that's his contrast to me wanting to control it and organise it. And you know, well, now we can make it better. But I learned, you know, you can't you can't do do that. And even the divorce um, question didn't come up because I've my divorce came through in September this year but I only filed for divorce a year ago and he told me what he he told me about the affair in 2019 so really probably 18 months were me kind of processing it and even when I filed for divorce I can remember having conversations with a solicitor and crying and thinking I'll never get you know and now it, it was me chasing the solicitor and saying I want it done. How long is it going to be? Where are we up to? It's funny. I think solicitors know that because I remember when my mum organised a meeting with a solicitor for me. And in my head, I was all like, yeah, getting divorced. This is happening. And after that first meeting with the solicitor, I went home and cried and had a total freak out and was like, no, no, I can't do this. This is too soon. And then it wasn't until a few months later that I got back in touch. And I feel like they must know (laughs) that everyone must do it. Yeah. And I think I think when I found your podcast, what I really liked about it was that because I probably started listening to it at the start of that journey was like just listening to you say because how long were you married for well I was only married for a year and a half two years but we were together overall for eight and a bit years yeah but but that in itself kind of the fact that you talk about you know crying on your mum's floor me thinking actually even though I've been married for 25 years people still this still really hurts divorce flipping hurts and it you know it literally rings you out doesn't it so when people you know that again with working in mental health and knowing about grief processes you really do go through a grief process and it 
you are exhausted and I think listening to you know other people talk about it and I, I think the first podcast I listened to was the Sarah Millican one and I was driving and I had it on in the car and I was crying because listening to somebody else say yeah I had you know I hit rock bottom and, and like it, it, it makes you think yeah what I'm going through isn't it's not me being soft or being you know wet or sensitive because I think some people say some people say, well, you're just going to have to get divorced, aren't you? That's, you know, that's the next step. And they say it like matter of fact, whereas when you're going through it, it's it's massive, isn't it? It's like everything that's happening is completely centred around that. Like that is your whole life during that period of time. Yeah, definitely. So did you start listening to the podcast when you decided to get divorced or during that period when you were not going to get divorced i think when i where it's weird when i look at it it's when i made that decision so it's almost like with me and i've had I, I mean i've been in therapy while this has been going on and i've got a really good friend that i used to work with who was a psychologist and she said she said about me she said it's like you you dip your toe in the water and you go oh i don't know and i pull my foot out but she said you then once you've done that dip your toe you then kind of go right I'm going in and I think that's what I do so once I've it's like that test in the water and I think that with divorce it was kind of like gradually getting my head around it like I said it was kind of oh we're we're not together we're living apart then it became we're separated then it became you know no I've filed I've filed for divorce and then it became I am getting divorced so that process now in that I can say yep I've done it I've I've come out the other side and I'm still I'm still here is I think that's the bit that that's the bit that kind of gives you that closure. And it I've got a friend who is really, really struggling and is is kind of doing that kind of mental battle, doesn't want to accept it, but knows she has. And I said to her a few weeks ago, I said, when you once you go through it and you decide it doesn't it doesn't take away the feelings. It doesn't suddenly make everything that you've been through all right, but it's part of the the journey that you have to go on. Because I I mean, at one time I thought, oh, am I going to just kind of, I think I was so against divorce that I almost thought, well, you know, we could just separate forever and I'll never get divorced. I'll just be separated from him. And that, that was all right for probably a few months. And then it kind of, you could start thinking, I can't do that. I need to, if if we're not together, we're not together. So I need to formalize it and be like, yeah, we are divorced. And that's what that was definitely the right thing. I've, you know, and that's where I am now. I think it's so true that you say like, deciding to get divorced doesn't take away any of those feelings but it does give you a sense of power in a situation where you feel completely powerless because you can't control the fact that your relationship has broken down for whatever reason but you can decide no right okay I'm going to get divorced I'm going to go through this process and make it formal I'm really interested in the fact that you didn't like that word divorce and you couldn't say it. Do you know why that is? What did you think of when you thought of the word divorce that felt so alien? I think it was the finality of it. It, it was the fact that once you say that and do that and get that, once you've done that divorce thing, the process, whatever you want to call it, it's like that admission, isn't it? It's like this is over now. This is done. This this marriage, it doesn't ex yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. And it's funny, isn't it, that like when I got the paperwork, um, it it is kind of like explains it, doesn't it, in legal terms that like it's do they do they say it's dissolved or something? 
that idea that 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 literally and and it was like when I like I said I got I got to it in stages um when I got to the stage where I was kind of going down the divorce route it was this kind of therapist that I'd been seeing who one day before I got to the divorce stage she said to me um you know what what are you fighting for Louise what is it that you know because and I and I because I think I was still in this like fantasy world of um you know well he's had an affair but we're going to work at it and it's all going to be all right and she actually you know she wasn't a she wasn't a tough therapist she was very kind of motherly but she almost said to me well she actually said this Louise this isn't a marriage anymore you know kind of like I was calling it a, a broken marriage but she was like it, it isn't one anymore and another friend said that to me like it doesn't it doesn't exist anymore and that and I suppose maybe that's it like it's letting go of that and then moving on to the next stage isn't it and and maybe that's why, you know, some people, you know, if you've not let go of that that first bit, you can't move on to the second bit. Um, I, I think, yeah, in answer to your question, it is that kind of once I knew for me, because I am, I try and live in the grey areas and I'm getting better at that, but I am black and white in a way as well. So I knew that once I, once I said, right, I'm, you know, ringing the solicitor and I'm filing it, that that was it then there was no going back and and I think maybe that was that was the scary thing about it that it was that finality you know and people you know and people say things like oh yeah my mum and dad they you know they, they got divorced and remarried two years later and but for me it was like no once I once I'm on that path I'm on it and and there's no coming back from it and and that's scary isn't it it's you know but yeah. but I needed to crack on and that's what I did and I say I say that as if I did it dead quickly. It still took three, <laughs> still took three years. It's funny, isn't it? Because there are a few times in our lives where we have to make such a clear decision on our own. Because even when you're getting married, you decide together to get married. But when you get divorced, you have to decide on your own, and it's final, and it's a big change in your life. You know, when you have a baby, hopefully you decide together. You know, when you buy a house, you might buy it with someone else. I think buying a house on your own may be similar, but then you can still sell it at the end of the day. It's it's a big kind of final decision that isn't like many other things. And I think it's really interesting what you said about the terminology around divorce, like it gets dissolved, which... or you know, and, and also those people saying to you, it doesn't exist anymore. I think that is really scary, isn't it? Because it does exist because it happened and seeing it and, and the idea that it dissolves. So it, it, you know, when something sugar dissolves in water, you can't see it anymore. And it's like, it's not there. It will always be there and it will always be part of us. But I think the idea that you're losing it because it's being dissolved or it doesn't exist in the world anymore is the scary one. Yeah, that that and that's that's that was really what you said about that decision as well. That was really relevant for us because of how he is and how he was. Because another thing I used to do with to him, so my ex was to say, you know, well, if you're not coming back, what are we going to do? Are we going to get a divorce? And I, I think I was kind of strangely waiting for him to say, yeah, I'm, I am. I'm not coming back. I, I want a divorce, and he never said that. He kind of alluded to it. You know, I'm quite sort of steely, and I was. It was almost like I'll be blowed if I'm going to make that decision for him. You know, almost like it was. And and yet, if he had said it, 
I would have been devastated. And in a way, I'm kind of glad that I started the proceedings. And I, I mean, I can, this probably makes me sound really ruthless, but one of the things that I, when I um, went to the solicitor and I knew that she was going to, you know, send the letter out to him, because I didn't like email him and say, oh, by the way, I've been to a solicitor. You know, I went and instructed her and he got the letter. And I can remember him sending me an email a few days after and saying like, you know, I was really shocked um, to see it in black and white. And and for me that it was almost like, well, what did you expect? But actually that that probably was me taking back some control because for so long, you know, in that final year of marriage, I hadn't had any control. You know, I'd been lied to um, and he wasn't he wasn't cruel to me. He was never cruel, but. But I suppose mentally it's cruel, isn't it? When you know that somebody's, it's when you look back on that year as well. And I, you know, I used to think like, oh, I, you know, I used to like go and see my sister at the weekend. And um, and because of how difficult the relationship had become, I, you know, I'd, I'd stay at my sister's for the day and we'd, you know, we'd hang out and I'd think, I don't want to go home. You know, I just don't want to go home. And that, and that's weird looking back on that now, I think because, I knew things were falling apart and it was kind of like not wanting to go and be in that atmosphere. And, and that's another thing, you know, like, like we said about, I talked to people. So I had close friends during that time. Um, and one friend in particular, I'd gone to stay with her one weekend and I was really upset, but I didn't want to admit, you know, like you said, when you've been cheated on, I didn't want to admit that this was going on because it felt like if I admit it and say it out loud, that'll make it real. So I came, I came out with it to a friend and I said, I'm, I'm convinced that he's having an affair. And she very quickly said, oh, no, you know, he'd never do that to you. You know, you must be, don't think that. And, and, and I kind of wanted her to do that, you know, to reassure me that I was kind of on the wrong track. But, but actually I wasn't. I was bob on, you know. It, it, everything I suspected was exactly what I was suspecting. And, and so, yeah, that kind of starting the divorce and sort of getting the, getting the ball rolling it gave me back a sense of control because I was I was driving it and by the end of it I surprisingly I was the one pushing you know I was like look I just want this I think I was so exhausted by the end of the process that I just wanted it like signed off and finished you know it's like I was so done with it you know being in that and I think that's why it's good to be in this phase now because I'm not because when you're going through divorce you know all the financial stuff and you know, we had a home together and um, I really wanted to stay in the house um, because I was thinking if I lose my home as well, that'll just kind of finish me off, you know, and I could afford it. You know, I'd been paying for it by myself. So I knew that like, and I think because I got to keep the house and it, it feels like I, I have come out of it, you know, in a in a, a good position and I've got that worry and that uncertainty. Um of you know because I was I I got my head around it again this is what with me I get my head around stuff and then I'm okay with it but I'd got my head around right well I might need to go and find a smaller house I better start looking Um, but it turned out I didn't need to do that and you know I'm like I said I've kind of come out of it now and it's good to have have got that because it I don't know about you but it how long did your process take? How long did the... I think it took a good two years. It was. It felt like forever. Yeah. And that hangs over you, doesn't it? Mm. That sort of like, oh. It's like you can't move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like debt, you know, like 
you know, if you know you have a credit card bill that you have to pay and so it's influencing like you every day because you're like, oh, I can't do this because of that that credit card bill. It's like I feel like divorce is like that. It's like, oh, well, uh, this is still, you keep thinking about it because it, it is hanging over you. It is. It is like a, it's like a dark cloud, isn't it? And, you know, and then once it's gone, it is, you get that kind of, uh, and the weird thing with me was that I, so I, I emailed the solicitor a few weeks ago because the financial, we got a consent order and all the finances were sorted. The house was sorted, but I was waiting for the decree absolute, which is the final bit, isn't it? And I emailed the solicitor and said, you know, where, where is it? Like, I'm still waiting for it. Um, And I got an email back and I think because the courts are so um, behind with all the processes, the decree absolute had gone to the, or had been granted by court in September so I'd been divorced for two months officially and didn't even know. So when I got, you know, it was like, oh, flipping heck, I wish you'd told me in September. I could have, <laughs> you know, I could have been kind of free of it back then, but it's it's done now. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm glad. It is a funny thing, isn't it? I think I've said on the podcast before, like when I got that final, you are divorced, because I think the terminology has changed now with the new law as well. So it's not called a decree absolute anymore, but it was when I got divorced. Yeah. But when I got that, it was just an attachment to an email. And I wanted, I think I've said before, like someone to turn up like with a big check, like I'd won the postcode lottery and like confetti. Scroll. Yeah. Or yeah, like a town crier being like, you are divorced. <laughs> because... It was such a long process. It, like you need some relief. It needs yeah, to. Yeah, needs to be like an occasion, doesn't it? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. That's weird that because I I emailed like I said the solicitor, um, and the next I got the email at work a few weeks ago, and I opened it up and it was just an attachment, and I sat at my desk and was like, oh, that's it, that's it, that's like all that stuff I've been through, everything. There's like this little attachment at the end of an email. And I went in the toilet at work and had a little a little bit of a cry, rang my mum and she just said, yeah, it's really sad, but you're done now. And then a girl from work had seen me go out of the office and came in the office and was like, are you okay? And I said, I've just got my final. So she gave me a massive hug and and I went back to work. And, you know, I mean, I think I think that weekend it, it got me. I kept kind of, you know, it was kind of in my head and think um but yeah since then I, I think because by the time you reach that final stage you've done so much processing haven't you you've you've gone through all these different emotions so how did you feel that day when you got it because I thought I might have a cry and I felt a bit sad initially and then I just felt like oh thank god like I want to do something to celebrate somehow I felt a bit sad but that sadness didn't last as long as it I you know, it kind of just, it was kind of fleeting, you know, like, oh, right, yeah, that's sad, it's done, that's the official bit. I think for me, the relief bit had come in September when the financial stuff had been sorted because the the house situation and whether I would get to stay, that was the big thing for me. So once that was done, um, that that was kind of, that was the a relief moment. Yeah, so that, that wasn't a sort of sad oh no, you know, it's, it's, it's come to this. It was kind of, oh, thank goodness for that. You know, that was a little, and my friend um, got me a, like a bottle of Prosecco and came round and we drank it and had a giggle. And, and cause I was never into this idea of, yeah, I'm going to have a divorce party, but that, that moment when the consent order was done and I knew that it was on its way to being finished, then that, that definitely felt 
that felt like a massive relief. Like a little party. Yeah, just a party for two. (laughs) A party for two with some Prosecco. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ding dong. It's the ad break. This podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, an award-winning company that can manage your business's social media. They even manage our podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Just email info at penguinintheroom.com for a quote. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can by buying merchandise from our website, www.thedivorcesocial.com. Ding dong. So I think this is funny because we we get these things as attachments. And I'm just thinking if any, because I know uh, solicitors and lawyers do listen to the podcast to get an insight. Yeah. What do you think you would have wanted from your solicitor for that for that moment, for that final decree absolute? I think I think I thought like we we joke about a scroll, but I think I thought I would get this like this paper, you know, this kind of yeah. left, left certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like because you get a marriage certificate, don't you? But yeah, yeah. So I kind of felt like it would be this really official document. Like you speak to the solicitor at the start about it all. Because she once said, this lister once said to me, you know, Louise, I can help you with the the financial stuff, but if you need to talk about it, you're gonna have to get, you're gonna have to get a therapist kind of thing, and and that's true because they you do because they're dealing with something that's so, you know, so emotional. You would kind of almost want them to kind of talk you through it, and that's not their job. So a phone call would be nice, yeah, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, just to like finish off the relationship because you've been through a lot together. Yeah, we have. even though it's only you know it's like official information based as you said you can't cry at them but it's still like they've had a big role in a massive part of your life so I think yeah a phone call being like I'd like to let you know that you are officially divorced would be nice yeah because the email I I kind of it just said the decree absolute has been granted 
And I was like, oh, right, is that it then? And then I scrolled down to the bottom, like you said, and there's this tiny little attachment, especially when you're looking at it on your mobile phone. It's like, oh, it's minute, but there it is. And then if you read the actual decree absolute, it's like, is it actually it? I had to read it like three times to make sure. Yeah, is it's uh, it's very, very strange. Okay, well, phone calls is what we'd like then. <laughs> Any solicitors listening. Official phone call. Or some sort of certificate. You get a swimming certificate, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that only takes like a few minutes to swim up and down. The friend that I mentioned that's that's kind of just starting the divorce journey, I, I actually went with her to take her, her marriage certificate in with her because you have to hand it in, don't you? And my friend said, do I get it back? And this and this admin person said, well, no, because you're getting a divorce, aren't you? Almost like an exchange. And my friend was, you could tell she was like, but that piece of paper, that was, that was, that's my marriage, you know, like handing it back and, and getting a divorce certificate and said, which she does, she doesn't want. So it's, and that was funny seeing somebody else going through something that I'm like, yeah, I completely get how emotional this feels for you, but also that feeling of, I'm glad I'm glad I'm further on in this now that I've kind of been through that bit and come out the other side. This is definitely making me think that I need to create me and my team some sort of divorce certificate that you can download from the divorce social website that you could just write your name on just so you feel like I mean you won't be able to use it in any legal scenarios but just so you feel like you've got something that says you are divorced yeah I'm gonna make it happen well um, I've got I've got a little dog um that I got last year and my I was 50 this year as well and my neighbors that are really good congrats uh, they got me a little um, a little bandana for the dog that said, happy 50th mum. Perhaps they should have had one saying, you know, mum is now divorced. She's on the market again. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Come and chat to mum. <laughs> <laughs> so talking of um, getting your dog to introduce you to people, um, how how were things when you got divorced and started dating again? Did you start have you started dating again? Did you start before you got your official divorce certificate? And how was that? So I did, uh, what I did was last year, I went on some dating apps and had a few dates that were all, oh, just not great. Just like, cause I, like when I met my ex, I was at university, I was in my twenties. So, you know, mobile phones didn't even exist. So I kind of was intrigued to get into the kind of, because it's, it's what people do now, isn't it? It's that kind of, you know, everybody goes on the app. So I went on a few and I did go on a few dates, but they were all kind of, I'd message people, we'd agreed to meet for a coffee or went for a drink. But I would say with all of them, before I even went on the date, I was like, this is not, you know, I, I wasn't feeling it, but I felt like I had to get myself out there. I felt like I had to kind of give it a go. And somebody at work set me up with a friend of of hers. And that felt like it could have had a little bit more possibility. But that, again, that didn't, you know. And now, so I, I came off the apps. I was on several of them. I was on a Christian app as well. And that was like, they were the worst ever on there. I don't know where they got these people from. Half of them looked like axe murderers. And I was like, who are these who are these people like, you know, that have just come out of prison or, and they, they would put that on the profile. Um, so I went on like a couple of Christian ones. I went on match.com. I went on eHarmony, um, but I didn't, I, I really didn't get, have a lot of success. Um, are you Christian or were you just after a Christian? No, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I am. Yeah. And, and that was one thing that kind of, I, 
I went back to church right at the start of the marriage breakdown. Um, but it was really weird because I'd not been in, I'd not gone to church for about 10 years. And it was, and it was weird because I met my ex um, like through, I, when I was at university, I went to a Christian union. So we met kind of through a church connection. Um, and when we got married, we were kind of actively involved in church at the start, but then we kind of drifted away from church together and for 10 years, probably at least 10 years, I didn't go. And then it's weird, isn't it? How you, your mind, your mindset and everything changes. And one of the first things I did when he left was I went back to church and it was partly because I bumped into an old friend, um, about, and I don't, he'd only been gone about three weeks and I was still kind of walking around like a zombie. And I told her, I said, Oh, he's had, you know, he's had an affair. He's left. And I just, we went in Starbucks and I just cried and told her everything. But I think making that connection with somebody that knew me and, and I went back to church, but I went back with like a different, different mindset um, and just kind of went back kind of and made friends, um, got a really good close group of women friends that are now, you know, we do all sorts together. I even um volunteered to kind of sing in the worship band and got up on stage with a microphone and started singing and you know and I would never have done that before and that is a big part of my life now and I and I would like to find somebody with my you know that has my faith but like I said I, I, I well I'm certainly not going to find it on the Christian Connections dating app because <sighs> flipping heck Honestly, they were. I mean, the first guy. I love this honest review of the Christian Connections dating app. So me and my mum. So my mum. It's so funny when I was going to go on these dating apps because I think my mum, my mum really struggled when I got, you know, when I kind of went through this because obviously I'm a little girl and she, you know, she was heartbroken for me. But I think my mum would like me to meet somebody. But I think even more so was like, you know, oh, if Louise could just meet somebody, she'd be all right again. And actually. I'm glad that I didn't rush into another relationship because I have I have kind of learned who I am and I've developed in my own right. But me and my mum were sat there one Saturday on her settee looking through these like these profiles and she's my mum's like leaning over my shoulder going, Oh, he's all right, he's all right, click on him, click on him. And I'm like, Mum, you're married, you're not going out with him. It's me that's got to like message them. So she clicked on this guy. I hope you messaged them saying, my mum picked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then before we know it, he, we were messaging each other. Um, and he and he looked really nice and he sounded nice and he worked in mental health. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Anyway, then I it was only kind of about a few days later that I noticed in his profile that it said he was shorter than average. And I was like, oh, no. So what's average height? So started, and even... And then I got obsessed with the fact that this guy was going to be so short and I didn't want to go out with a short guy. And and he was really short because I met him for a coffee. He was he was short, short. And, you know, and you're like, oh, no, but I blame my mum for that because she was like, and I rang my sister. I can't believe I did this. I rang my sister. I said, I'm going to meet him, but I'm not going to like him because he's really short. (laughs) And my sister went, but he might be lovely, Louise. She said, you've got to give him a chance. Um, And I kept saying things like, how tall is Ant and Deck? And Heather was like, why are you asking that? That's my sister. And I went, well, they're all right, aren't they? And, and is it Declan Donnelly? He's short. My sister was like, you're not dating Ant and Deck, Louise. You're dating <laughs> some guy off a profile. And, and and it was lovely and we had a coffee, but it wasn't, you know. It is funny how you obsess over tiny things, though, because you don't have any information about them. No. And I found on dating apps that the people I've got on really well with 
in the dating app chat have been rubbish in real life. And the people who are rubbish at chat that I just think, oh, go on then, are, are way better in real life. So it's like there's no <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason to it's it. A re- I know it's a really hard, it's a really difficult platform, I think. And I, and now I'm not on any at all now because um, you do get a bit obsessed, don't you? I mean, you, you could spend like two hours just like swiping. Did you ever complete it? I used to complete them every so often where they're like you've got no more matches because you've been through all of the matches in oh, your I area always, I was always completing it yeah I was <laughs> yeah. like no 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 and no. then you're like oh my god there's no one left I've been through everyone there's nobody yeah and I am um, and I like now I feel like I, it's weird because it's recently that I've thought actually if I'd met somebody back then there was no way I was in the right headspace. I was all over the place. I, I think I went on one date and all I did was talk about my ex. And my neighbours, like I said, they were really good friends. They actually said to me last year, they were like, you're not ready yet, Louise. We can tell you're not ready. But now I think partly with the divorce, the fact that the divorce is final and it's done, it kind of, it's like giving me a clean slate. So I feel like, you know, if or when I do meet somebody, and I would like to, I'm in a much better space and I'm glad that I took the that I have taken the time to to get to this point because I feel like I'm I'm just a lot less messy now than I was. I felt like my head was so, you know, even kind of going out with um people when I was still married felt weird and that's that's probably like the the Christian side of things because my a friend of mine I said um I said oh you know I feel like maybe I shouldn't be I shouldn't be um dating while I'm still officially married and she was she was another one that was like but you're not are you you know it's not really a marriage anymore and so people I suppose other people could see it really clearly whereas I was still in my headspace I was still but you know I'm still married even though we're not together and he's still my husband and and he wasn't you know he'd kind of given up that that right and that position a year before but it, in my head it was just adjusting to it it's nice to hear that you might be ready bit more now and I can totally relate to that I think I was single and well single and having a sexual explosion yeah many sexual explosions I've heard about that yeah yeah it was very fun (laughs) but like I think it was like four years or something like it was a good few years um and I'm in a relationship now I know with is it the postman (gasps) yeah I know I was so excited when you when you (laughs) and I was like but when you hear people that's another thing when you hear people like you that have gone through it and they're in a good relationship and it's that's the bit that gives me kind of yeah there's life after there's there's like new things that's so interesting because I was thinking when I used to hear that I used to get annoyed with them (laughs) and I used to be like oh you found someone else have you well I'm gonna be alone forever so yeah well I had that feeling when you when you announced it because I was like oh flipping it you know she's like she was the one she did this divorce podcast and she knew how I felt and now she's gone and got somebody but but yeah but it's good as well because it's like actually there is there is other you know there's other people out there there's other relationships and and actually now when I meet people that have you know I'm fascinated by people that say oh it's my second marriage I'm like tell me more how how did you meet him where did you get him from you didn't get him on a Christian website did you (laughs) (laughs) So like and that that does feel like yeah and, and I think that's um I, like I still believe in marriage as well 
if that came and that was an option, then I, I would still be. I think I'd have a lot to think, you know, for me, I suppose I've, I'm going to have to go through that, like building trust again and being in a relationship. Because when you've been in a relationship where there's been infidelity and, you you know, like I said, when you've been lied to for a year and you've questioned stuff, I think that'll be. I mean, how did you find that when you first started dating again? Did you feel... Did you have any like trust issues or? Well, this is what's interesting because I always thought when I meet someone else, that's going to be like the cycle complete, like the divorce cycle full stop. And now I'm in this new relationship and I'm like, oh my God, no, it's just more of the journey because there's all these new things now that I yeah. I felt like I got really good at being on my own, living on my own, found myself again. And now I'm having to like open up to this other person again. And so it's it's a whole new level learning journey and yeah. and all those things it's really hard all the things that your ex used to do that were like signs of something else or things you didn't like it's really hard not putting that on your new uh, yeah. partner and actually just taking them as a completely different human being which they are and and also knowing when it's you creating stuff because of your past experiences yeah and there's there's definitely been like a lot of learning points for me already in my new relationship but it's fun yeah yeah I'm sure it is (laughs) I feel like I feel like I completed being on my own like I was like so happy so good at it and I was like if I'm on my own this this is fine I can just have sex with some nice people every so often and (laughs) um and now I'm in a relationship I'm like oh I'm not I'm not very good at this. <laughs> I need to learn this. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? And I think it's like, I mean, you know, people people say say things to you, don't they? Like, I mean, my mum, bless her, like I said, she struggled with it. But one of the things she said to me, and it's, I mean, I can't believe it. It's like she, she when, so when we started out trying to repair the marriage, we did have a couple of sessions of therapy together. And I can remember, I mean, my mum's so matter of fact, and she was like, well, well, come on then, what, what did they say? What, what's come out of it? And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, d- you need to know where you've gone wrong so you don't make the same mistake next time. And it was like, oh, flipping heck, mum. You know, kind of like that the therapist was going to say, well, yeah, well, I've identified this, this and this, and if you work on that, you'll be fine. And I think my mum thought of it like that, that, well, you know, she never blamed, you know, she knew that, like, the marriage had ended because of infidelity, but I think she, you know like any I mean when you're in a marriage for a long time or any relationship you're not both perfect you all do things don't you and also there's always a lot more than just the reason you might give people that yeah, the marriage loads, ended yeah there's loads of stuff and and so yeah I think my mum was like well you know you you know almost as if I was going to get like well as long as Louise can do that next course in you know how to <laughs> how to not make the same mistake again she'll be like it was a maths exam like as long as you work on your algebra yeah you'll be fine yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like and but that's that's part of the it's weird I don't think a divorce process is amazing but that's part of the there is a massive amount of learning that comes out of it isn't it and and you you know so as much as I've I never wanted to go on this journey and I've but now I've completed it and I'm you know kind of the stuff that you learn from it you know, the stuff that I've learned from the process and just from being on my own, because I suppose because we did meet when we were young. So actually, I had never, you know, I didn't even go to university away from home. I went from home into marriage. Then we had a child. 
and and so this has been kind of like this has been an opportunity for me to to kind of go all right you know what you know how do I want to live and and it's staffed things with me like if I don't want to wash up for four days I don't have to because there's nobody you know nobody's bothered um well the dog might be but I'm not you know (laughs) (laughs) seem to mind you know anything stuff like you know like I've I mean the house it's not I've never been a big pink fan but there's like blush pink everywhere you know because I used to when I mean I've always liked my house to look nice but I used to consider my ex you know as like well I'm not you know do you like that wallpaper let's kind of like you said you choose things together whereas now it's like I can do what I want eat when I want wear what you know I can go to bed when everything is just you make those decisions and that that is a there's a lot of freedom in that yeah it's and there's so much freedom in that and then when you go into something new you're like oh how does this work now like I think I've realized that I was a bit of a bitch (laughs) in my previous relationships because I'd be like no you can't tell me what to do you know I'm gonna stand up for my because I was so obsessed with not being a pushover yeah and actually now weirdly having lived on my own for the first time since I got divorced I'm now like oh I can compromise and make things nice for someone else as well as not being a pushover yeah so you know and that's not about the other person at all that's just completely about something I've learned about myself about you yeah I'm a lot better now and again I've learned it um I think when we were together it was almost like when you're together and you've been together a long time you back each other up and you kind of do things in a similar way and you've always got somebody that kind of goes oh yeah yeah I agree with you on that one or you kind of like it's you against the world whereas when it's when that's taken away and it's just you I feel like I'm I feel like it has softened me in a way and I'm not as judgmental and and it and it has made me think like oh well, you know I wonder what I wonder what that feels like for them and and I think you know that it creates that space for you to be it, you just kind of I feel like it's opened my eyes to other things because because I've not been influenced by another person it's just been well what do I think about that and when you're on your own that whole thing for me about trusting trusting your own instinct and your own kind of decisions that's that's something that that I that I kind of that was hard to learn but I'm glad that I've learned that because of you need to I can totally relate to that so now looking back at all of that what would you say to Louise who was in in a, a panic about fixing everything and didn't even want to consider divorce and felt very stressed by the idea of divorce it's cheesy but it's that not tr- not not trust the process but allow allow it kind of you know kind of not it's too you can't go with the flow because you're in when you when you've found out about infidelity you're in a period of crisis but once I started to kind of stop trying to control it and let things, you know, sort of happen and and maybe let maybe let things unravel a bit, just to it. Oh, it's a really tough question that, but it is that I would probably be saying to, I suppose, just like to that Louise. You you will you will be okay. You can't see it now, but you will be. And that's what I say to, that's what I would say to another person, you know, and also that kind of, 
it's not warning people, but kind of reassuring people that it it is painful and it's really hard, but you do come out of it. Like, and it's not it's not as simple as time in time is a healer because it's still it's still I still have days when it it makes me sad and it hurts, but you do you know you learn from it and you do come out of it, and that I suppose accepting that 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 it is a process and you know like anything it's a season of your life as well isn't it and and you go in and out of it and you cut yeah you just yeah does that make sense that you you'll go through it but you come out of it and that that's saying about the only way the only way out of it is through it and that's the thing like I like for ages at the start of it I just was desperate for it to not feel like that not and I used to say to my sister it's still I don't want it to hurt anymore I'm sick of it hurting I want to I want something new I want to I used to I always used to say I want to fast forward six months I want to because if I get to six months time it'll be different then and it's like that you you can't you have to go through it you have to keep going through it and it flipping hurts and you have to get support and comfort and whatever you can to help you through it but but you've still got to go through it and and that's part of that's part of being an adult as well and a grown-up because I, in my marriage, I I hadn't really gone through any hardship. You know, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd met a guy, I'd got married, we'd lived, we'd, we'd lived happily ever after. We had a lovely son who, you know, did great at school. Really, I hadn't had any, I hadn't had any tough, you know, I hadn't gone through trauma, I hadn't lost a job. I, you know, really, I was kind of, my life was really simple and straightforward, um, you know, and, and this... I suppose this is like this is the biggest trauma that I've ever had um but it's also been the biggest opportunity to to learn and grow and it's not one that I wanted and I wouldn't have chosen it but here I am <laughs> and I've uh, you know I'm still still standing so still standing and smiling <laughs> smiling yeah yeah and I've survived yeah I love that you said you will be okay you can't see it now but you will be i feel like that's that's the message of the podcast as well yeah definitely is yeah it it really hurts but it can also be kind of amazing in bits and you will be okay yeah definitely yeah well thank you so much louise <laughs> how does it feel having listened to the divorce social i've now been on it um it's it's good it's sort of it I think as well when you look at what you have like that just that feeling of it it's tough but it'll be okay when you when you kind of know that for yourself that's where that's where you can help other people isn't it and that's why that's how I that's what happened when I found the podcast that listening to other people say it really hurts but you come out at the other side that's that's what I get from it and to be able to to speak about it so cuz I bet the you know people people will tune into that podcast right at the very start of the divorce journey like me and be kind of you know crying in the car when they hear Sarah Millican talk about stuff but but knowing that you get to kind of the other side of it and then that's that's all part of helping each other along isn't it well thank you for helping Thank you yes (laughs) (laughs) thanks very much thanks Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90 style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.